0: Of the Hi, Commander Mark Divine coming at you with the Unbeatable Mind Podcast. Welcome back. This is part three in my emotional power series. And in this episode, we're going to be tackling the first of the four demons that I mentioned in my last podcast. Now, have you ever lost control and flown into such a rage that you felt like you were possessed by a demon? A demon driving you straight to hell? Well, if you're a human being, which I'm betting you are if you're listening to this, then chances are that you have had this experience, maybe more than once. You know, my friend and former ninjutsu teacher Shane Phelps, he wrote a book titled Demon Chaser. In it, he chronicles his story, as a SEAL, CIA agent, and ninjutsu master. I know, unbelievable, huh? Anyhow, much of his book describes his life experiences chasing his own personal demons from hell and back to a state of personal power. Now, setting aside this demon metaphor and not not discounting the possibility of their actual existence, the demons most of us have to deal with our primordial negative emotions that cause us to shrink, fall back, and or hunker down into smallness. All our plans and dreams of happiness, a bold life, and abundance atrophy in the face of these four demons. Now, in the last couple podcasts in this series, we examined a process to identify these negative emotions and to transmute them into a positive and motivating sister energy. The process I introduced removes the debilitating show-stopping impact of these negative emotions and replaces them with a positive momentum-building body-mind state. We also identified four dominant negative emotions that are experienced in everybody's life or can be experienced in everyone's life, and we stated positive correlates that you can use to focus on instead. And finally, I had you ask yourself very specific questions about what life would be like when you shift those energies from the negative to the positive. I hope you've done that work. It's important. Now, eradicating these four demons from your life is so crucial that I wanted to take some more time now to examine each one in depth. You're going to need to learn to detect and then interdict these buggers before they sink in their fangs and drag you into your personal hell. We're going to examine the negative behaviors that these feelings manifest, and we're going to consider healthier behaviors that we can habituate in their stead. The four demons all stem from the primordial emotion of fear, and the demons are anger, anxiety, arrogance, and the absence of self-love. Let's take a look at the first demon, anger. Have you become, or are you consistently, so angry that you could scream? Unbridled anger feels uncontrollable. Anger can be associated with fear of loss, especially loss of reputation, material things, loss of freedom, even loss of identity. Our deeply grooved ego identification and attachment to independence, roles, positions, ideas, ideals, wealth, toys, and even other people causes us to experience anger when their removal occurs. If someone or something attacks and removes or damages something that we hold dear, we mentally sense an overwhelming injustice. It's then that the anger begins to boil. That anger can show up as wrath, rage, abuse, or an impenetrable negativity. The mental process of anger is to obsess about the supposed injustice, also the perpetrators of that injustice, even if it's self-induced, and to obsess about the impact of the injustice and the loss to your life or on your life. You feel the urge to get even and your mind searches for justification of the urge in the form of a belief or social norm, such as an eye for an eye. And the body experiences a tight constriction in the chest, disrupted breathing patterns, an elevated heart rate, a narrowing focus, and an upwelling of more negative energy seeking the nearest target to focus on. It's as if you're cornered and the sole option is to lash out. So stand by when anger is activated, it's a nasty demon. The unhealthy coping mechanisms of dealing with anger include lashing out in physical violence, verbal abuse or threatening or haranguing, and passive-aggressive behavior. Perhaps the most debilitating is self-pity. All of these make matters even worse, damaging your relationships, damaging your reputation, lowering your self-esteem, and stunting your growth. You must become hyper-vigilant when the demon of anger presents itself so that you can take immediate action to respond in a healthier manner. Now, healthy response to anger starts with awareness of the breath. A truly aware breath, one with your full conscious attention, all the way in and all the way out, will short-circuit the emotional response and open up a small rift in time and space that will allow you to respond more positively. Breathe in, breathe out, be aware of the energy of the anger emotion and where it is about to take you, or was taking you. Then insert one of these following healthy responses in its stead. One, witness your thoughts and allow the feelings to flow in a non-reactionary state. Or two, just hold your tongue allowing silence to fill the gap. Or three, walk away, creating physical distance from this incident. And four, take mental control by feeding the courage wolf with positive self-talk. Five, decide right then and there not to play the role of the victim. Choose instead a position of non-judgment, non-attachment, and equanimity. And last, offer forgiveness. All of these are powerful ways to respond. They take some practice, though, and they can become positive habits when practiced that can completely transform your life if you're affected by this demon of anger. The disabling effects of that anger will slip away, eventually replaced by great personal power. Now, I'd like to quickly address a question here from a reader who wondered if anger could be a good and appropriate emotion, especially when people do bad things to us. In his letter, he referenced the 9-11 attacks on our country and our reactions as individuals and collectively as a nation to that atrocity. Now, my response was that the keys to emotional health are emotional awareness and emotional management. Both at an individual level, which is how we handle emotions within our I-space, our inner space, as well as at a social level, which is how we handle emotions in the we-space when we're interacting through culture. And I pointed out that anger is a natural response to many different types of fear. And it's influenced by our belief systems and stage of development as a person and as a culture. Now, we can approach the emotional awareness and management of fear by examining and mitigating the underlying fear and constructing healthier responses. Using this awareness and management process to redirect unbridled anger into a positive emotional response, such as intense resolve and commitment, is what I mean by this. Or, we can approach this by first developing a habit of a healthier response to anger, and then work backwards toward understanding and mitigating the underlying fear. In truth, both approaches are best worked in tandem in a psychosocial or inner-outer development process. In the case of the World Trade Center bombing, it was good and right to be mad as hell as long as we acknowledge and channeled awareness to the underlying fears that were triggered. The underlying fears in that case were a loss of control, loss of precious life, and the fear that comes from sensing our own vulnerability and impermanence. We all live with the anger of that attack for a while, but then healthy individuals redirect that anger to something positive before it became debilitating in the manner discussed in our last podcast. Through this anger-slash-grief process, we can find great insights and grow from painful situations that are completely out of our control. Rather than allowing an unmanaged flow of anger to drive us into dysfunctional states of body and mind and to reacting in ways that we will regret, we ultimately begin to translate this initial rage into a deeper self-awareness. And we want to recycle that into fuel for positive action. Indeed, it is definitely possible to get stuck in ruts of anger for long periods of time. These ruts will negatively impact everything and everyone we touch in our lives, especially when they're personally affected by evil acts. Can this play out at a cultural and institutional level, I ask? You bet it can. Our reaction as a country to the 9-11 attacks is an example. We got stuck in a negative rut that kept us locked in battle in Iraq and Afghanistan ever since. Reacting with anger and force against angry acts typically perpetuates the cycle of negativity and violence. The result of the last 15 years of war validate this assertion, though some of my brothers in arms may not agree. I honor all of the sacrifices myself and our other warriors have endured, I serve my part, but I do believe especially in hindsight, that a more integrated and world-centric reaction to the 9-11 attacks would have been more prudent. Imagine if, after dislodging the Taliban, we had laid fiber-optic cables and brought mobile devices and entrepreneurial training to Afghan citizens, laying a foundation for self-empowerment and wholesale economic opportunity what reactively supplanted the pervasive sense of despair and hopelessness that was a fertile soil for further extremism. I know that's a tall task, but it should or could have gone hand-in-hand with the nation-building projects. Combined with security assistance and many other solutions coming from an integrated all-quadrant perspective, it's plausible that we could have taken the angry wind out of the sail of the small number of radical terrorists that existed in 9-11 compared to the massive number we're fighting today. Don't get me wrong now. Self-defense, defense of our country against aggression, and holding perpetrators of evil deeds accountable is necessary and desirable. Yet a subtle soft-power approach to asymmetrical warfare with a smart, objective understanding of human nature is often the better way to go. I liken this to how the Israeli Mossad patiently hunted down every last Munich bombing terrorist in the shadows and not in public. On a personal level, it's just not very effective to lash out at every person, organization, or country that wrongs you. It would be a full-time job that quickly saps you of your energy. That's not the warrior's way. In the next podcast, I'm going to examine the second demon, the demon of anxiety. Till then, train hard, stay safe, have fun. Booyah, coach. The bite-swinging frogman of the UDT! <laughs>